0: Crystal is a gifted writer, speaker, and worship leader. Being the eldest child of Dr. Tony and Lois Evans, Crystal has been surrounded by the Word of God her entire life. As a member of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, Crystal assists in leading the women's ministry and loves to encourage women toward a deeper relationship with the Lord. She spoke to the conference attendees about her personal unexpected pregnancy story, growing up a pastor's daughter, and how God has blessed her and her family through it all. Let's listen in on Vince and Crystal's chat.
1: So, Crystal, thank you so much for being here at the 2021. Yeah, that it's 2021, isn't it? The last year and a half have been, have been kind of crazy, haven't they? And it's kind of merged together. I know it's 2020, 2021. <laughs> I don't who knows, right? But here at our national conferences here, here yes. in San Antonio, Texas, and you just gave an amazing presentation to our attendees. It was such a word of encouragement, and so we're just delighted to have you here. Yes, yes well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, why don't you tell the folks who are listening? Um, just you know. What's your connection into the life issue? How did you get involved? Why do you care so much about, about this issue?
0: Well, it's, it's a little bit of a twofold answer for me. The first thing is I'm my father's daughter. I'm a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. It's never been a question. It's something we've always believed, been taught, engaged in. Mm-hmm. But um, in addition to that, it's just being a part of my DNA, mm-hmm. um, my upbringing and my belief system. Um, obviously uh, it one of the things I was talking about today is just my own experience with that I was a teen mom so it's a choice I've had to make and I do understand the nuances difficulties and challenges with that Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that every person has their own set of circumstances that they're dealing with but I do understand it's not as simple when it it is simple but it's not easy Mm -hmm. and so women who are faced with that decision are also thinking about so many other things, financial things, what is going to change in their life, who is going to change in their life, and there's a sensitivity that I have for that. Mm. Um, and my hope is that the belief system that's simple and the understanding that it's not easy come together and help my voice to matter in this space in a yeah. different way.
1: That's yeah, that's that's great, and I, and I think you really captured that really well, you know, in your in your in your talk today really what you touched on quite a bit in your talk and and, uh, and it's so it's amazing how God works that other others it, it seems like this happens every year with our keynotes that they all end up reinforcing each other in yeah. just really interesting ways and like we don't necessarily plan for when, that yeah. and then it just all comes together yeah, so every, does it. Uh, yeah <laughs> exactly so everyone's sort of reinforcing so this idea of perseverance and just the importance of that I was just really I was just really um struck by that and, and I really loved what you said about Perspective, because actually, it's ironically, it actually happened here in Texas, where there was a a high school valedictorian speech, Mm -hmm. where um, the the valedictorian of the class, in during her valedictorian speech, essentially kind of started speaking up for abortion rights. And the thing that struck us is that um, Rollins' wife actually is from Texas, and she had an out of wedlock pregnancy. And she was essentially told that, you know, of course, you're going to have an abortion and that whole thing. And she didn't. And now she has this perspective of somebody who was that high school girl giving that speech about how important abortion rights are to essentially to your humanity, Mm -hmm. that you cannot be a woman unless you have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to have an abortion. And and I love what she actually wrote an open letter. And one of the lines in it was I I've been you, but you haven't been me yet. So trying to share that perspective that when, when you're here and looking back at that situation, that's going to help you have a perspective that you can't possibly have right now. But I had that, and I want to tell you about what happened. I could have had an abortion, and I didn't. So can you just talk a little bit about just the importance of that, that, that piece of, of having that kind of long-term, godly perspective on things and how that can actually help us persevere?
0: Well, I think the first part is we have to acknowledge mm-hmm. in the different seasons of our life yeah. um, that we don't have a perspective. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Because if you um, looked at a Tony Evans at 22 years old and said, you know, well, what's your perspective on how starting a church, starting a ministry, you know, how all that's going to go? He didn't have one, and a part of him not having one is what gave him the bravery and the courage to do some stuff nobody would ever done before. Right, Sometimes go. the lack of perspective is what allows us to do new things. Yeah, yeah, so we that. don't want to shy back from what God is calling us to do. However, of course, outside of the Word of God and outside mm-hmm. of the boundaries mm-hmm. of truth, the question is, does perspective help? Well, the Bible is clear about that, that, that it is wise to have just counsel Mm. around you, Mm -hmm. that the perspective, encouragement, Mm -hmm. um, wisdom of people who have been there Mm. and done that Mm -hmm. help you to borrow wisdom you don't have. Mm
1: -hmm. So there Mm -hmm. has
0: to be a humility in seasons of life. And 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 it's not about age. I mean, there's plenty of things that I haven't experienced yet. Mm. But to be willing to borrow the perspective of people who have experiences I don't have. So on the one hand, Mm -hmm. to be brave like David and to say listen, I don't know why y'all don't feel like we can, we can't knock Goliath out. Right, right. And to, and to, but he also mm. had perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: had perspective that said, God helped me to knock out the bear. God helped me to knock out the lion. And I've seen him work in my life enough mm. to trust him with the next thing.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, and he knew mm-hmm. not to trust the perspective of his brothers. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, 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 right perspective is kind of a two-edged sword. Yeah. And while we want to have the perspective of others that are further than us, Mm -hmm. it's really about the humility to take the experiences that we have with God, the boundaries of truth, and the wisdom that we can gain from other people and allow all of those things to inform the decisions that we make. Yeah. But to think that my one perspective without collective perspective mm-hmm. is enough perspective mm-hmm. is not true
1: yeah and, and, and it ties so much so well into another story that you told and it's so funny again rollin actually told the story of the of the woman with the issue of blood as well from, uh. from a very similar uh standpoint and that's you know this idea of well how do you tell the difference and it's when you're you're kind of still and confident in God, and you're paying attention, right? And and Roland actually talked about the tassel actually on Christ's robe. The woman touched the I tassel yes. of the robe, and and it's so funny because you and Roland were even making the same gesture of kind of reaching out and gra- and touching Christ's robe, right? And so it was that tassel, and, and Christ knew that somebody had touched that tassel, which had actually all kinds of significance in the dress of the time for for you know yes, Jewish men. And, and so he he had that. Because he was still and and listening and paying attention, he was able to discern between maybe somebody who bumped into him in the crowd That's versus correct. somebody who was in need and, and touched the tassel. And so it's just just amazing how I love that. Again, God is just orchestrating all these things yes. here here at the conference. You know, another and, and, you know, speaking of David and the Psalms, I, I would love for you to just talk a little bit more about the Psalms, because you said something about the Psalms that We've actually, as a staff, been reading through the Psalms, and just the emotional realness of the Psalms, of David basically crying out to God, and and obviously here's David who already defeated Goliath, yet so many of the Psalms are him basically saying, God, you have abandoned me. I have enemies everywhere. Where are you? Where are you? Right. Mm -hmm. and, And I think that can be very helpful for the folks here, our our pregnancy center folks, because they might be in a season right now where they're like, God, where are you? So talk about how the Psalms can be really helpful for people that might be in that situation.
0: Well, here's what I love. In Acts, I believe it's Acts 7, where the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. Right. Yeah. The question is why? Hmm. Because he wasn't a perfect man.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, He didn't struggle with he, he did not have questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think the answer to that question, at least from my perspective and what I see when I read the scriptures, read the Psalms, is he was honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. I yeah. mean, think
0: about it. In the garden, Adam and Eve, you know, Eve takes the apple, she gives it to Adam, they eat it, they realize they're naked. And then God sees them in the garden. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that they do is cover up. Right. <laughs> right. So the way that God created yeah. them... was fully naked and unashamed Mm -hmm. and um, able to be intimate with each other and with God without shame.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And what David said is, even though I have questions, even though I have made mistakes, even though I'm a murderer, I'm an adulterer, I still choose to engage with you, God, the way you intended.
1: Right. Right.
0: Naked. And unashamed, mm, mm-hmm. fully willing to be intimate and well known.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I
0: think that when we look at David, whether it's difficulty, whether it's trauma, whether there are questions, whether it's our own sin, our willingness to keep coming to God with whatever we have keeps him mm. in a position of being able to minister to us and for us to be in the light mm. without our willingness to be naked unashamed and intimate we lose our ability mm. to experience his light yeah absolutely and walking in the light mm. is how he always intended us to be mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it comes to our relationship with him
1: yeah no no that's great and uh yeah now you know obviously our theme here is light in the darkness okay. right and so One you did five, a, you did a really great job of actually tying that in that was nice uh, <laughs> <laughs> um the there was one other thing I wanted to t- chat with you about. It was something else that you said uh, just this afternoon. Was um, just about the importance of, of building families, right? Because I think um, unfortunately there are some in the pro-life movement who have sort of lost sight of that piece of it um, and have become so focused on saving the life of the child, which of course we need to do, right? You can't yeah. you can't do any of this other stuff without that. Um, but I think some folks maybe stop there. Um, and at CareNet we we said, you know what? It's not just about saving the child; it's also about building a family. And ra- it's not just about saving the child; it's about raising the child, right? And obviously, God's design for that is is family, right? And so, I love how you you talked about that, frankly, in your own life, and then in terms of the work that the pregnancy center um, that your your father set up at the church and others. I'm sure. Um, so, just if you could kind of share your perspective around that, I think that would be real helpful for folks to hear. You know, why this. This family-building piece is is so important to pro-life work.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, God did not create life outside of belonging.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his
0: intention is not just for there to be independent life, mm-hmm. but for there to be... Um, interdependent community Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and community first is the family Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he said it's not good for Adam to be by himself Mm -hmm. and when Adam and Eve were together before there was ever a kid it was Adam and Eve and God Mm -hmm. there was always um, this replication of the triune God Mm -hmm. saying we actually are a team. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so
0: since that's God's design, yeah. I think that, yes, saving life obviously is God's design as well. Mm-hmm. But he didn't create one without the other. Right. So for us to focus on saving lives and to not also, with that, mm-hmm. say life is interdependent and mm-hmm. life belongs in community yeah. is only half of the story. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's, you know, it's a... And I understand the passion mm-hmm. and the, the the virulent drive to do whatever it takes to make sure that that baby makes it on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But that has to be matched with God's passion yes. for the uh, circumstances in which He intended that life to live. Yes. And you can't make the you can't force that. I mean, right. You can work with the mom and work with the dad, and then maybe the dad is doesn't want to move forward, and maybe they don't get married, but. Or, or, or even have a unit interdependent of each other. Mm-hmm. But to include that in the plan
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, means that we are agreeing with God in his original plan. Right,
1: and we're communicating those values to folks. That's right. That even though it might not necessarily happen in this generation, right. that may be in the next, right? This um, is the design. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually the way Roland, our, you know, our president, likes to talk about this is— uh, you know, we shouldn't be pro-life for one reason, but for two. Not just because of the sanctity of human life, but also because of the sanctity of marriage and the family as God that's designed right. them. So that's there are actually two sanctities yes. that we're really protecting right. when we're being truly pro-life. That's and so that's, that's really the perspective we take. I don't know if you heard the news. Actually, you, might, have, you might not have heard this news this morning, but we just announced our men's conference a pro life men's oh. conference that we're gonna be I doing. Did hear about yeah, it. so yeah. it's gonna be at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship yes, next March, yeah, the first as far as we know, the first pro-life men's conference. Uh, awesome. there's lots of great men's conferences out there, but not necessarily one that's specifically dedicated to immobilizing men around the life issue. Yes. So we're gonna do that because you know marriage, fatherhood, family, all those things, you generally can't do those in God's design without, you know, having men involved in a positive way. And so we want to start to, to mobilize awesome. them. Yeah, really yeah. excited to host you. In yeah, yes, it's going to be great. We're we're really looking forward to it. So, is there any kind of final words of encouragement you can give folks to either the folks that are here, uh, you know, working at our pregnancy centers, or a lot of the folks who are just listening to this podcast, who are just they're pro life po- folks, they have a passion. Um, and any words of encouragement for them?
0: I would just say that you know it's a hard battle to be fought because when you're dealing with a mom that's struggling to make the decision of whether or not to keep her child, there are so many internal and external forces that are additional voices. Mm-hmm. But to realize that it's a work that's called to be done and, you know, thinking about, uh, God, uh, the, the, the words in the Bible talk about the harvest is plenty, but the laborers mm-hmm. are few mm-hmm. and to know that, you know, in a harvest, um, you have to have people who are willing to do the work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that some years aren't bad years for Mm -hmm. harvest and that there's not some weeding out to do. And Mm -hmm. even in the Bible where it talks about the seed falling by the side of the road. Mm -hmm. But for those things that are planted and ready to be harvested, Mm -hmm. you don't get the harvest without people being willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that as you are thinking about um, and sometimes discouraged by the work that is often thankless of women who don't make the choice that you hope that they would make. And, you know, you see even in our society what the forces are that are against even this movement politically. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just would say the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. It always is plentiful. Yeah. And so don't be discouraged by the harvest that doesn't come to fruition, by the seed that did fall to the side of the road, mm-hmm. or even by the people that got there and picked before you did. <laughs> right, Keep right, looking right. for the harvest because it is plentiful. Yes, it's and know work. that there is something there to be harvested yeah, and yeah. to be a blessing to the person and to the community in which that child will grow up.
1: That's great. I love it. All right. Yes. Thank you so much, Crystal. Appreciate Thank you, for you. having me. Glad okay. to be with you. God bless you. Thank you. We
0: hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, eBooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses
1: you and yours daily.